where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think. Problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection. They all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Ronnie Feldman for an extra special episode this time. We are celebrating Al Learnings and Entertainments four-year anniversary, and it's something I wanted to visit with Ronnie with uh, for a long time, which is his journey, not professionally, but his journey in compliance. So, Ronnie, first of all, uh, congrats on the anniversary. Uh, as a small business owner, I know how significant that is. Oh, I, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, time, time flies, uh, and then you look back at the specifics. You're like, "How did I get here?" Uh, but that, maybe that's what we'll talk about today. So, Ronnie, I met you um, probably in the first year of your journey at an SCCE conference, introduced by a mutual friend, Jay Rosen, and uh, we have talked about in this podcast your professional background um, as a stand-up and as improv, but I don't think we've ever had the chance to really talk about your journey uh, with learnings and entertainment and compliance. So it's really uh, happy that we can do it in this podcast. And maybe you could uh, talk about what intrigued you about this space. Did you see a business opportunity and wanted to uh, to exploit it? Did you want to continue to use your uh, improv skills? How did, how did you start your journey and, and where did that take you? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, th- thanks. Uh, this will be a little bit of a self-indulgent episode, so I, I, I hope it's interesting for people. Um, but at the very least, I get to talk about me for the next 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, for those who are familiar uh, w- with me, uh, w- I, I had a, what I would call a failed improv comedy career where I spent about 10 years writing and performing um, for a living to no great acclaim. Um, I actually, what ha- the reason I got into the space is I was working um, at the wonderful Chicago Comedy Institution, the Second City, and uh, you know they're mostly known for social and political satire, but we also had a division that created uh, cor- that has corporate entertainment, but we were trying to get involved more with corporate education. This was uh, about maybe 2009, and so I had landed there as a producer at a really fortuitous time. And we ended up building a corporate education business, and I ended up uh, spearheading uh, uh, the development of a bunch of videos related to ethics and compliance. And we did, we did not know what we were doing at the time. We just knew that we had a, a muscle that we could use to use humor to uh, highlight behaviors to shed light on truth. And instead of aiming that truth at social and political t- satire, we were aiming it at workplace behavior. And w- we were wildly successful beyond our our expectations, and I became the default expert in ethics compliance, having to learn about these issues, and I'm very proud of that work. Um, as an organization, we really struggled at the time to, to how to deal with that success. We didn't quite have a good infrastructure that had the political willpower to really build on that success, so it the business sort of lagged, and me and my team saw an opportunity to continue to build on it. And so we left to launch learnings and entertainments in about, uh, I guess that was in 2016. So what, uh, what were really uh, some of the probably not accomplishments and really more lessons learned from the first year or so? Yeah. Well, so the, the, really the inspiration that we thought uh, that we could continue to build on what we had started um, was a, a couple of things. 
One is I, I really had this instinct to, to expand beyond just comedy because that's a very polarizing thing in the corporate world, particularly when you're dealing with global audiences. So one was we, I called the company Learnings and Entertainments because I wanted to explore all different kinds of entertainment mediums. Uh, you know, there's, there's songs, there's scenario-based videos, there's character monologues, there's fake commercials, there's animations, there's storytelling series. There's just so many different ways – that are entertaining, but not necessarily funny. So I thought we could continue to expand in that area. There's also different mediums. There's not, you know, every time you make a video, uh, not, there's not always room for a video. Those video message boards can put up little slides and little memes and little gifts. Um, so there's, we wanted to expand on that. Um, and, uh, so, you know, honestly for the people who are familiar in the community, there were, you know, we had the second city was, which is known for comedy, but had a, a couple of, training videos and then you had a company pop up called compliance wave that did lots of uh, uh short advertising like stuff but not particularly you know entertaining or fun and so our vision was to kind of combine those two to create lots and lots and lots of interesting short materials um you know and i was really lucky that uh, all the content creators in the chicago improv community um the people that we that are here before they become famous and go to hollywood um are all freelance talent and they're friends of mine that i have uh, made over the years so we had lots of ability to leverage these very talented people and put them to work um and i guess the so the, so year 1 i a long way of saying to year 1 what we did is we really wanted to focus on more efficient content creation so we could create over and over and over again and constantly refresh um we wanted to create short material we wanted to create a variety of materials um and we really focused in on something you've heard me talk about a lot of times which is we don't necessarily want to be a compliance training company we want to promote ethics and compliance as helpful advisors and coaches we want to promote speak up culture um, and to some extent, other, other, you know, the code and other policies, but we want to be able to do that in short, frequent, interesting ways. Um, so year one, we were really lucky. We got a bunch of companies to believe in us and, uh, and we partnered with them to make, uh, I guess in year one, it was a series of music videos. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the onion, that satirical newspaper, the vision was to make the onion for compliance. So we created all these gifts and memes and articles, uh, all sorts of really weird stuff, and that was about the first eighteen months of the business. So from there, moving forward, uh, were you able to uh, either kind of grow those initial offerings, or did you see that companies wanted to go in a little bit different direction, and you pivoted and and did some of the uh, some of the other things that you've now done? Well, it, yeah, it's been an interesting evolution. Anyone who's had the entrepreneurial experience of starting a company knows that it doesn't always go in a linear path you know uh so uh, i'll be honest with you like the first year we created all this stuff and our our clients uh who helped us make it were all very happy with those materials but we did not light up the the compliance community uh you know our sales did not shoot through the roof we really uh felt like we had too narrow of a focus we hadn't created that variety that i had envisioned so we um we doubled down uh, you know another interesting thing i guess i'll point out um that we've done is that we've decided not to go into our bunkers and just create everything we've created. We, we do in partnership with ethics and compliance and info security and other, uh, uh, 
workplace behavior leaders. So we say, here's some ideas we want to make. This is what we're going to make. Who wants to help us make it? And we cut deals to help to make it worth their while so that if they help us as subject matter experts, we can all mutually benefit us from their expertise and they're from them from our expertise. So year two, we're like, all right, we've got all this musical content. People like it, but it's weird and a little narrow. So uh, we decided to make um, a series called Workplace Tonight, when the idea was to take like uh, I'm a big fan of John Oliver's show uh, and and uh, you know Seth Meyers and some of the and Colbert. So um, I actually knew through my comedy friends some writers for Colbert, the Colbert Report at the time, and we hired some writers from The Onion and from the Colbert Report and my old Second City friends, and we created a comedic micro learning series where we explain and rant on the importance of these policies and why people should care about it. Um, And that idea, you know, we were really lucky. We got companies like Dell and United Technologies uh, to say, Hey, we want to build that with you. Um, So that actually started to put us on a map. That was in like the end of year two. So between that and the music videos and the video shorts and the jingles, we started to get a little more notoriety on the, space and all of a sudden you know the phone started ringing a little bit and that was really the the kind of next point i wanted to raise which was how was this received at the community uh you and i tend tend to attend the major conferences so we see each other there uh you're seeing traffic around your booth but you're also talking to people out in the community you're 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 marketing you're making sales you're helping people understand how can you not only train better but communicate better does was that message that of uh, non-lawyer civilian training written by people for people, not written by lawyers for lawyers. Was that resonating in the community? Well, yeah, you bring up a good point. Uh, I, and I'm, I'm talking a little bit too much about products right now. Really, I would say there are sort of two things that happened that has sort of led us to have some some modicum of success and, success and growth. And one is, you know, one is staying power. Yeah, I talk all the time with, I have a network of some young younger entrepreneurs that have all started businesses and we lend an ear to each other. And part of it is just treading water until you find the thing that hits, you know, you have to find a way to stay alive. And um, so to answer your question, one of the things was going to the conferences and continually pushing forward this point of view that you and I talk about on this podcast all the time. And that's that communication and awareness is, is as valuable, if not more valuable than traditional training. Um, and that you need to do that in interesting ways. And we've been yelling that from the rooftops since the beginning and I think that the world has slowly but surely come our way on that. So, you know, we, the first two years was I, I still uh, I still you know have to have that conversation, but less and less. Less it's less and less convincing. You know, people come now to us knowing that. Um, the other part that continues to come our way is the idea of using humor and entertainment on these very serious subjects. You know, back at the beginning, at the Second City days, up through the beginning of L&E, we were constantly having to, to defend that position and argue for it. And it's becoming less and less a need for that. So I think attending the conferences and speaking at them and listening and adapting has helped and slowly but surely um, we've become known for those kinds of things, and that certainly helps from a sales perspective. Um, the other part of that, Tom, I'll say, so the, one of it is, you know, the receptivity has grown as we've said it over and over again, and, and more and more companies have had success with it. The other part is diversifying the offering. When we just had music videos and jingles, people are like, oh, that's interesting. 
but I, you know, it's not the exact thing they want. And then when we had these onion style articles, they're like, that's interesting, but it didn't feel like it was educationally robust enough. <laughs> and then you add like these other video shorts on speaking up and then you add the workplace tonight series. And then all of a sudden you start to look back and you go, Oh, we actually have a wider variety of things. So now it starts to realize that you have more to offer in addition to your point of view. The other thing I'll just say real quick is, uh, the other thing that happened around year three is that we started, even if people didn't care for the specific videos and, and offerings that we had, they recognized that we were putting you know, professional, well-crafted work together. So that's when we started getting things like short courses. We built ECI's um, you know, on-demand course this year, which was a, a new experience of starting to get into more uh, I don't want to call it traditional learning, but applying entertainment to a course versus just uh, micro learning and burst learning and video shorts. Um, and then we started picking up things like those person on the street videos and, and other custom programming where we can really create something very specific and unique for a company. Those were really, um, those started picking up in year three and, uh, uh, it, it, it really makes our lives pretty interesting and fun because you can say, hey, if you have a, a certain budget, we have all these interesting things that can be supportive of you. And hey, if you want to spend something specific to you, we can do that too. Ronnie, one of the things that has always intrigued me in this space is the journey of the regulators. And when it comes to training and communication, in January 29, excuse me, January 2017, we had an enforcement action involving a company called General Cable. And for the first time in that enforcement action, the Department of Justice used the words targeted training. In February of 2017, we had the release of the first evaluation of corporate compliance programs document, and that also had the words targeted training. Just literally this month, we had another release of information from the Department of Justice in the 2020 update to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, which moved past simply targeted training to, uh, let me just read it, short, uh, more targeted training sessions to enable employees to timely identify and raise appropriate compliance internal audit or other risk management functions. Um, and so we see this evolution from the regulators and how they view trainings and communications could be uh, or should be given as as do you see that as an as an evolution by the regulators or do you see that as uh, something else I'll tell you what I, I I do see the the regulators are evolving and they're evolving based on what the community is doing and and what successful companies are doing and what's the world's most ethical companies are doing um, so I think they're they're following the lead and and um, you know we've talked about before about communication awareness we've talked about the importance of transparency. We're talking about the importance of targeted, interesting, short burst training. Um, so I think they're, they're following the lead. I, I will tell you, like the, the newest thing that we just created really falls in line with that is um, at the end of last year, I was trying to think of what hole we had in our game. And we, you know, we had sort of this uh, short bur burst learning and micro learning, and we had the comms and awareness. Um, and, um, we, we, I was like, well, let's start telling stories about the things that actually happened. And so you can use those stories very specifically to talk about a specific policy or more broadly to talk about speak up culture. 
And we found a really interesting storytelling model. Uh, it's really actually built, uh, if, if for those who watch things like Drunk History or remember VH1 Behind the Music, like the storytelling idea of like a person telling an interesting story has been going back on popular media forever. So we pitched the idea of creating a series called Tales from the Hotline. And we were lucky enough to get companies like Starbucks and Phillips 66 and Northern Trust and Magna International to like help us with this build that we'll be launching um, very shortly. Uh, and the idea is we wanted to tell real stories about bad workplace behavior that's gone wrong and why they felt it was okay and what happened. Uh, and so that's our latest offering. And, and these are all done in little three to five minute uh, stories. So they're like little fun case studies. Um, but the only thing that we did differently is we took these case studies and we had a sort of comedian shape it. And then, um, we had funny people tell these these very serious stories so that it's, it has some entertainment value. Um, so we're really excited about adding that offering that I hope hopefully dovetails nicely into what the DOJ is saying about p- providing you know shorter targeted training and we can help them do that in an interesting uh, way. Ronnie, as we uh, move from the sort of first phase of COVID-19 and the coronavirus into the reopening, various states opening in different stages, and we look at maybe Q, Q3 and Q4 and really past 2020, do you, where do you see compliance, communications, and training evolving? And, and I would just start off by saying I see us at a real pivot point where we're going to move faster towards these shorter targeted trainings. We're going to see targeted in terms of the people who need, the gatekeepers who need specific technical training will get that. The employees who need a broader uh, either don't pay bribes or here's how to speak up training will get that. But you'll have new and different types of communications, one of which I think you are spot on with Tales from the Hotline. Do you see that continued evolution as well? Yeah, I think so. And I think we've actually already seen it like the, you know, we're still, uh, we're, we're, I'm so grateful. Uh, like looking back on the four years, like we've, we've evolved and we've grown. And I think we've carved out a nice, uh, space in the ethics compliance community as, as, uh, a, a company that can offer short, interesting, a variety of short, interesting, creative options to help communicate these very important, important issues in a way that's, Uh, interesting and memorable. I think um, we've already seen the other major vendors, you know, the big players in our space create short communication awareness so that they've expanded their offerings. I, you know, I, so uh, I think we're already seeing like, we're seeing new, new vendors sort of enter the space. So that's a little more difficult and challenging from a um, entrepreneurial perspective. But I think all this is good because, you know, a rising tide uh, raises all ships. We need lots of interesting offerings. I think companies um, need to try new things, quite frankly. I think, you know, even if you had something that's successful, try something different. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. We're trying to build our company so that we have a variety of options for people, um, particularly if they've tried more traditional uh, routes. Um, Try something more fun and interesting. And I I guarantee you that when you, the the more that you, try something provocative and even jarring, uh, you will get more notoriety for it. Even if you get some potential negative reaction, well, guess what? Come back in with something else next time and you got people paying attention to you now. So I don't know that I would say all 
publicity is is good publicity, but I'll say it's important to be interesting, memorable, and get noticed. And it's good that you have lots of um, different options to do that. Um, I'll tell you what, Tom. Like I like I think that w- when I think about how how we are going to continue to carve out space in this community, I keep thinking about what we do best, and that's create short, interesting content. And it's fun for us. So I, I, I'm not exactly sure. I know we want to be nimble and pivot and listen to the community and continue to create based on audience suggestion, like a good improviser always does. But I know for sure that we're going to keep introducing new creative approaches every year because we love doing it and it, it makes our company more valuable and it's a lot of fun. So Ronnie, from my perspective, uh, I still remember at the ECI conference when I pointed my finger at you and said, we're going to do a podcast. And you said, what? And I said, no, you and I are going to do a podcast. So I'm really glad I did because uh, not only has it been a ton of fun, but I've really learned a lot. So um, congrats on four years. That's a huge deal. And uh, I look forward to seeing uh, where L&E takes us uh, in years five through eight. Uh, well, hey, I'm grateful to you, Tom. Like, uh, uh, you know, th- for giving me this forum to to share my perspective on things. And um, uh, anyway, it's been an interesting ride. And and thanks to everyone who supported us along the way. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.